Hello and welcome to episode 8 of A Beer with Sam and Peter. Yay! Yeah, we're really Yay, episode 8. We're getting closer to episode 10. We sure are. Something is That's going to be a... Things. Stuff, stuff are brewing. Things. Yeah. Is brewing. Brewing. Which is what beer does. <laughs> yep. Yep. Thank you, Sam. Connections. What beer are we drinking this week? Uh, this week we're drinking Sail and Anchor, which is a golden ale from, from Port of Fremantle. Yeah. It's like a nice craft beer. I want to make it clear that we thing. didn't research this. It says Port of Fremantle. I'm sorry. On the bottle, yeah. yeah. But we've gone on nautical theme this week. Yes. Which I think is exciting. Uh, again, just a happy coincidence, really. <laughs> I told Peter Are to go... Are you kidding me? Uh, completely oh, really? by design. You, you yeah. yeah, no, I thought about it. You didn't think about it. I did think about it. <laughs> okay. You've got no faith in me, Sam. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, cheers. Yeah, cheers. Drink out of this very, very nice bottle. It's a fantastic bottle. It, like, fits in your hand really well. It's quite nice. Maybe we should talk about the beer for a second, just because we never do that. It's good. This is why we never talk about it. I actually don't know. I'm learning a little bit, but I honestly didn't know... I wasn't aware of eight beers. I couldn't name eight brands of beer before we started this. Really? Yeah. This has been an educational experience for you. Yeah, it's really been an educational experience. I'm thinking of taking... um, Friends and Peter along to... I don't count as a friend. Yeah. <laughs> Peter is now a business colleague. A colleague, work associate. And our business makes no money. <laughs> in fact, it makes negative money. <laughs> Living it up in the red. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're going to go to a place in Brisbane, for all our, our Brisbane listeners, uh, called Archive. Which you've never been to. I've been there a couple of times. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a, a craft beer house. Yeah, they do really nice beers, and they also do recommendations. Bloody expensive. Yeah, but, but we only need two of them. Yeah, for the podcast, so we might we be do. able so to branch out, go on a bit of an adventure, and try and find some. My point cool is, that, you know, I didn't. I, I I once I was blind, but now I'm slowly seeing. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll get better with all this stuff, and eventually we'll get to the stage where we can have a 15 minute conversation. About about how hoppy the beer is, you know. That's the thing, right? Fruity notes, yeah, and exactly. Stuff like that. Right now, I'm just oh, reading man. the back. I just I just can't get over how much I like this bottle. It's like your standard three hundred whatever mil bottle, but it just like it fits in my hand so well. It looks different. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what it. It's a bit taller than your regular beer bottle, and it's and it's like it's not ni- as, it's nice, not nice. As yeah, bigger diameter. Don't you think so? Exclusively audio listeners. Yeah. Doesn't this bottle look good? Doesn't it sound good? <laughs> <laughs> it certainly sounds like we're enjoying it. Yeah. But anyway, hey, we should move on. <laughs> we should definitely move on to our homework movie. Yes, for this now, week. Uh, as we of all know, we've been building up to this for some time. This is not going to be a movie-heavy podcast. This is Dark Souls Three is hit. It is the day of reckoning. Yeah. But. Uh, but, but before we get to that, we're going to do our homework and um, talk about our homework movie, yeah. which for this week was... The Truman um, Show. The Truman Show. Yeah, which is on Netflix. Which is definitely on Netflix. Um, Jim Carrey movie. It's on a bunch of places. You know what? I think it might even be old enough to be on YouTube. Um, I'm not sure. Um, I'm it, sure you can find it in a bunch of places. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, but it's on Netflix. Yeah. It makes life easy. And then Peter had never seen The Truman Show before. I'd never I had. seen it. You had. Yeah. Um, I rewatched it. And 
again, I really liked it. I, I really like the Truman Show. For me, it yeah, it's paired in my mind with uh, Groundhog Day. Mm. I feel like it. It's got the same like it's like uh, very traditionally comedic actor playing more serious thing or at least a more thinking kind of kind of role yeah but Groundhog Day was very funny it was also kind of dark yeah and had a guy trapped in living the same day for yeah, like yeah. So, a millennia or something yeah he this, tries to kill himself was, a bunch of different ways which so. is always great but we're not really here to talk about we should we should talk about Groundhog Day sometime we should watch Groundhog Day as like a homework movie one time that's a great movie mm. I love Groundhog Day but anyway Truman Show Truman Show I wasn't, like, I thought it was okay. I thought Groundhog, I think Groundhog Day is a much better movie. Mm. Um, I thought it was a pretty interesting movie in terms of the themes and stuff that it covers. Mm. Um, well, to, and it to, was a pretty, it's pretty, very complicated film to pull off. Yeah, no, I would definitely agree with that. I like, think they did the And, and the, uh, well. it's a very difficult story to pull off, which I think they did pretty well on yeah. the most part. So... Uh, for people who haven't done their homework, um, I shake my my finger at you. You, you definitely should have. Uh, but the Truman Show is pretty easy plot to explain. Yeah. Um, uh, it basically takes that reality show, Big Brother's Watching kind of thing, to the nth degree. To, yeah. It turns and, out uh, to like the logical, massive extreme that I. It surprises me that this hasn't happened already. Yeah, so... But it's all about... Tr- it's about Truman. Truman is a child who's adopted... Is the first child to be adopted by a company. Yep. And the company is a TV company. Yep. And they produce something called The Truman Show. So, it, clearly from what, watching the show, it's been... Watching the movie, it's been... Pla- they plan it, like, meticulously. Mm. And um, he's selected out of a, a bunch of babies... Yeah, so he's like an unwanted baby that gets adopted by this company, and then his entire life is the Truman is this Show, reality yeah. TV show, and he every single person he knows and every event in his life is scripted and yeah. it's all actors. So he lives except this... for him. He he doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, he lives in this giant biodome. Yeah, that in the Hollywood Hills in the ho- yeah it's like a it's like, town they say, they say, it's, they say it's like next to the Great Wall of China the one other man-made structure that can be seen from space yeah which and, is kind of cool and there's cameras everywhere everywhere and a bunch yeah. of different actors who do the same thing and what's interesting is it's it's not a bubble that's meant to recreate uh, the world like it's very distinct from that Mm. And like you hear the, the the mad creator guy who is basically he's like Truman's Christoph? Yeah, he's like Christian. Truman's god, yeah. right? Because he's he watched him his whole life. He orchestrated everything. He can control the weather and the. He almost has like a father figure. Almost. Almost. Yeah. Except he doesn't care about him at all. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, it's like uh, uh, the the Christoph's the uh, the director's idea is that the world of TV is better. And it and the the show re- I would say the show first of all was made before Big Brother. Was it? Truman Show. Ninety eight. I believe is that before so. Big Brother? Is that Big Brother? Before Big Brother? Probably. Before, hmm. 
Probably, I think. The I, point. Well, my, my point is that it, it's not. It's not take, Big you, Brother. You know, Big Brother. You we watched it. I watched it because I was a young. Look, I was a young developing boy, and I watched it because uh, Crystal took her top off a lot in the show. I'll admit that. That was why I watched Big Brother, okay? It was a hectic time in my life. I was not allowed to and watch And there were Big naked Brother. people everywhere. <laughs> um, oh yeah, it was a fun experience. But it, it, it wasn't... It, the Truman Show isn't mocking that. It's recreating like small town suburban life. It's almost. recreating that like King of the Hill. Um, he has no children yet. But that's yeah. clearly the plan. Like... Yeah. White picket fence, um, Marge from The Simpsons, like wife. Yeah, it's like meant to be. He's got, he's, he's this got like a stereotypical American life. Yeah, and it's meant to. It's targeting those shows, those shows where it's very everything returns to normal at the end of an episode. Um, he's just like you. He's working like a nine to five job. As an insurance salesman. Um, as an insurance, yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. He has a he has a buddy who he drinks with and discusses things, and it, it's uh, it comforts the world. So it's it's on live twenty four seven, and it brings up the interesting thing that I think um, I think tr- the reason I wanted to watch the Truman Show now and want to show it to you is because mm. I think um, after the ra- rise of the internet and. Um, new forms of content, new mm. media. I think um, it breathes new life into The Truman Show because it, it it vindicates The Truman Show for me. I think specifically stuff like live streaming um, and daily vlogs and things, that that is The Truman Show. That's what they were trying to say because people would watch The Truman Show. I'm convinced of that. If if they if they were, yeah. if they were able to abduct a baby and everything, people would be well, kind of one of the things one of the conceits of the show that we haven't talked about yet is that it's broadcast twenty four hours a day. Yeah, no, which is what I said, which is like the point. Like, um, you know, you hear about like old media guys saying whenever they talk about YouTube vlogs, right, or anything like that, or probably us. Um, they're like, why would you watch that? It's boring. Or it's like just their lives. Or a streamer, right? It's just yeah. them doing something mundane. It's not even cut up. It, something it's not interesting it's... might not happen for hours, right? Yeah. And it turns out they're wrong. People love that. They love watching people just doing... Going through their lives. It's comforting. Yeah. like that's what that show is. An- like people is would that watch... anonymity coupled with just the... Just the mundanity of life. There's like that need to with that need to other peep. people. Yeah, and uh, I think that's it. The Truman Show is alive today in, in YouTube blogs, in live streams of people, on in that you know this in those people who live stream them sleeping and get a bunch of views. The people who live stream them eating, yeah, and get a bunch of views. That's what the Truman Show is, you know, because twenty four seven. So there's people. Watching Truman when he's asleep, you know, or brushing his teeth. People like go to sleep with Truman. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I, I've been known to to go to sleep with a stream on, or something. I think it does work. Mm. Yeah. So I think the Truman Show is way more relevant now than it even was at the time. I think. Yeah. Um. But yeah. That that's the that's the that's the basis of the show, and I think it pulled the movie, and I think it. It pulls it off really well, like the feeling that it's it's a um, 
fabricated world. Mm. Because I mean, Truman's been. There. I really loved all the product placement that they have. In. Oh yeah, so they with like the two guys. Twenty There's like these two old men, twins, old men who oh, every yeah. day as Truman's walking to work accost him, push him like, up against the push wall, push him up against like the they're wall being friendly, where there's but... like where they're like being really friendly friendly with him, but there's like a um, like an ad, and they push him up against the wall so his face is next to the ad. Yeah. I think that's really so they can clever. have a conversation. Like, there's a bunch of stuff like that that's yeah. really clever. And like when the actors are um like they're drinking a beer and they're like, Ooh, that's a nice cool beer. Yeah, the best like, friend he always shows the label. Yeah. 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 And the wife he's having a fight with his wife and in the middle of it oh, yeah. his wife like gives out an advertisement for Coco. His wife is the most is probably the darkest part of that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because she she she's his forced wife. to have, yeah, but she hates him, yeah, and uh, oh, I think that was so good. I I think she played that role kind of well, where like the stressed out, like smiley, but so fake smiley, yeah. And uh, there's a point where he starts to break because you know the show base the movie starts with him, like the movie, beginning to the movie is it, it's. He's finally starting to all these like inconsistencies in his life that he didn't question because that's just what he thought life was yeah. are starting to add up. And the fact that it, there's a couple of things driving it, but I think the, what the movie's getting at it would have happened if those things hadn't happened. So like yeah. in the start of the movie, his dad, the guy who played his dad, who they killed off, mm. which like think about that for a moment in the context of the movie. That's a pretty crazy thing to do do to someone right yeah um like they had to the whole one of the things that like from a writing perspective that they really struggled to do that the the right in film writers really struggled to do was to keep him in this island community and like a whole thing about his character is he always wants to go out and explore he's the wrong he's the wrong person and yeah i I, want to ask you a question about that but we can do it now which is that um I think for a vast majority of the population, or at least a section of the population that I know, would have never escaped the Truman Show. I think they wouldn't have even tweaked. You know, they say like he's an explorer, and he always wants to leave. Mm. That's what makes him. And they do all these go. things to stop him from he's, leaving, he's like killing question. off his dad and making him scared of water. Yeah, so they kill off his dad by drowning his father and 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 giving him a fear of fear of the ocean. Which is like the final straw. They've been trying to like build into him, sort of programming this kid. Yeah, yeah. it's really Which dark. Is, that's super dark. To to not want to leave, but I don't think I think a lot of people would be very happy to live there. I think Christoph had a point. His his point is that uh, he thinks his world, his dome, just like how people go home and watch The Simpsons and think, wouldn't it be better to live in that world? Like yeah. he thinks it's better. He thinks you should stay there. Yeah. I think people would say. I definitely think they would. Truman's, do you reckon, do you reckon you safe. would do you reckon you would stay? I don't. So I would I would have uh, there's a part of it that appeals to me, which is that to keep the plot steady and going and to keep him it, it, it's mimicking the Simpsons kind of setup or the Happy Days kind of set or something like that. Those kind of soap pops where uh, everything resets, and I, I I can understand the element of safety in that. The um, 
stuff that I worry about, like job security, that's fine. Mm. Your job is a role. Actually, Truman's never going to get fired. They're never going to... Or if he does, there'll be an opportunity that pops up for him in another episode, right? It's It's also like his wife leaves him, but they introduce some new love interest for him. Yeah, exactly. You've got that safety. But the the love interest thing is where it would fall down for me. All the friends are fake, which um, I wouldn't be okay, but it would be slightly better uh, if it wasn't for the fact that the actors who are selected, and as the case of his wife, as an example, she is hired to be his wife, right? But they don't know that that they're compatible. And it turns out they're not, right? So they really shoehorn her in there. Because they can manipulate the aspects of his what life. What I feel really bad for is, like, his friends and his parents and stuff. Because they have to Pretend play this role for, like, 30 years. Still, yeah, his parents been, have to play the role for 30 him. years. His wife has to play it for 20 years or whatever. Or 15 years, whatever. Yeah. Just, like, that would just be such a difficult task yeah. to... Because you know it's just... It's all fake. But... It has to be real to be convincing. Yeah, I mean, she had to sleep with him, right? Yeah. And his parents did have to actually raise a child. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's Lost not the same way... placing stuff. Yeah, exactly. And his best friend had to be his best friend. He knew... Oh, but he, his, he was just playing a role. His best friend is... Is... Is, like, the, the, yeah, but he, the worst character for me. But to to do that for so long and to be so to have to try and to get Truman to be invested in you as a friend, yeah, oh yeah, and like to do that convincingly, but still be such a two faced. But you got to remember that the only person that Truman would have been allowed to become friends with is the guy who was casting. Yeah, his friend. that's the yeah. way they do it. Like everybody else would have been shuffled away or like purposely behaved negatively or or whatever. Mm. So the, the friend was the thing that broke me in that movie. Yeah. Because you'd think it would be his wife that I would think would be the biggest betrayal, but she's so clearly... She's so clearly manipulating him. Yeah, and she's also just... They come from this place of, like, uh, not, like, happy marriage. Yeah. And so... It, it, I it made, in the, his, made in the late 90s, like... Yeah, his friend is your best friend, you know? It's like... And his friend has this one line where it's like, if everybody's in on it, that means I have to be in on it too. And that convinces Truman that it's not true. Yeah. Because how could it be? I can un- I can understand. Could that. you imagine? Could you imagine coming to the realization that you just that you or I you can't? We're just pretending. To you be can't friends? trust anyone. And this is actually yeah. there's actually a documented case. There's like multiple documented cases of people getting this delusion syndrome called the Truman Show syndrome. Where they think they're on a TV show. I think sometimes I'm the center of the universe. <laughs> well, that doesn't surprise me. No. <laughs> but it is an actual mental yeah. condition, the Truman Show delusion. I didn't know that. But I can understand. It's a very natural extent of paranoia. Yeah. I think humans are inherently di- like inherently conditioned to think the world resol- revolves around them. I think, actually, I think I remember thinking that as a kid sometimes. Before I hadn't seen like thinking specifically that I was the part of like because I watched a lot of TV mm. um, that like uh, what if I was a TV character and everybody else was was an actor, but I didn't think of it like negatively of my parents. I thought more of it like um, 
like I'm walking down the street and I like or I'm in the bus and I look at like a person and I'm like oh what if what if they're super excited because it's like the one day that they see they're like Sam. In, yeah they're part of the main character <laughs> that happens in the, in, the, in the movie too where you know yeah. he gets on a bus and everybody's like we don't usually we're not supposed to be part of Truman's life and they're just one of the many extras like 2,000 extras we'll just never see him usually yeah and who would just would never even be in the show, but they have to be in there and to mechanically keep like, the yeah. world going. Yeah, really interesting. I it's yeah, a, it's, it yeah is, I his best yeah. So his best friend was it's an interesting. It was just like the total betrayal one because he goes from I thought and it gave me the impression halfway through like obviously you're watching it you know you know that he's an actor, but it seems like it's his he's his friend. Like the first part of it, it seems like he's having the same struggle that Truman's... Um, that girl that Truman falls in love with and then is taken away from the show. Mm. The same things that she's going through. Like I, I thought when I watched it for the first time that he might try and help Truman somehow. You know? And all like... You know when he says like, if I'm in on it, then... If, if, if everyone's in on it, I'm in on it. And he cries. Yeah. But he's just completely a stooge of the he is show com- producer. He is actually like completely a stooge and, and like he is the most two-faced of them all. Mm. Like, he turns out to be the guy who they talk to. The most. Like, the most. They're like, talking the, the to, they're talking talk to, to him. They're talking to everybody, but... Yeah, but he's talking... They're like... They ask him what to do, and he's like, shut off these sections when, you know, when Truman goes missing or mm. whatever. He's, like, just not his friend at all. Yeah. Which is... Oh, broke my little heart. Yeah. So, so... Um, We'll wrap up in a second yeah, talking what, about the movie. So, so what was your kind of overall... My wrap up of the movie is, I know that yours is a little bit... I, I really like the Truman Show. Um, uh, you're always a little bit paranoid the first 20 minutes after you watch it, I think. Um, but I, I liked it. it. It was good. It produces a good atmosphere. Like the right tone, I think. Yeah. It feels like it's a show. and Like you're watching a fabricated world. Yeah. Um, for me personally, I think... I think it's very much a movie worth seeing. Hmm. It wasn't my favourite movie. I didn't dislike it, but I, I'm not a massive fan, I don't think. Yeah. For me, what I think could have made that story a better story would, would be to have it as a novel or to have it as um, like a like a 10-episode miniseries TV show. This is going to be a thing that happens where now we're going to find out this was a book. It probably wasn't. Oh, no, I think it was a. It was definitely a screenplay. Okay. I think. I'm pretty sure. Could be completely wrong. I'll, but I, I'll go I with you on this one. <laughs> it can be wrong this time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it I think it would be better as a TV show because you could build a bit more of that um, fleshing out of his character. Because to me, a couple of times, it all happened very quickly just because it had to happen pretty quickly because it was a movie. Like, yeah. the stuff about him falling in love with the girl, there wasn't enough passage of time to me for them to like he like glimpses her and then falls in love with her and then he's following her to Fiji and this is like a big life changing event for him it's the thing that really like makes him think that his world isn't true yeah I mean she tells him his world isn't true it's like his inception thing yeah so I think I think that could have been better had they had a bit more uh, more minutes to it's awesome. build out that They could part have of had more story. minutes. Um, something with this, this is by far the shortest movie we've reviewed. Yeah. On the podcast. Yeah. Ever. It's an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. 
So it's nice and nice and compact, but and and that's that's fine. That's kind of how movies are. But when you're covering such a large period of time, I think it could be done better as a TV show. And I I would have maybe enjoyed it more to have a bit more a bit more time with the characters. Yeah. To get a bit more of their motivations rather than and like relationships between characters to seem a bit more convincing rather than um, all of the characters are stereotypes by design but they all are largely just stereotypes yeah Um, and that's like a bit of a shortcut you can take with writing to have all your characters be stereotypical meaning you don't have to build up as much like you don't have to explain as much because they're stereotypes and every all the movie going public knows what comes because of that um, yeah, I think in the, if you're writing a show like the Truman Show, you write twice as many characters as actors you cast, because each one is kind of playing two, right? They're playing the tr- character in the Truman world, and they're playing the yeah, and I think in a, in a TV, playing the character in the Truman world. Yeah, and I think in a TV show format, you could have a bit, you could see a bit more of that. Whereas in the movie. The only person that you really see, like you see his wife's kind of two-faced attitude and his friend's two-faced attitude, and that's and the, pretty much and the horrible it. advertisement twins. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's pretty yeah. much it. Like, yeah, um, you can't be much of it. I'll say, I get that. Yeah, like there's a bunch of there's like some stuff that they just kind of explain away and don't really go into all that much detail. Like, like the whole conceit that he'd be terrified of water just because his because his drowned. father drowned. And like his father comes back, and then that's all fine somehow. I would assume. Like, I would assume that was an interesting thing to do, but it what like it, it yeah. is a loose plot thread that never really gets tied up. I would assume that they would explain both of those things based on the fact that he, he's being brought up in a TV show world. So the first one, mm. like as soon as his father drowned, everybody would be talking about how dangerous the water is. Yeah, but you right. don't actually ever see that. No, that's true. It? That's true. I'm just saying that's that would be the explanation. Yeah, a much clearer one. The explanation for the for the second part of of what you said is that um, that kind of shit, like your father coming back from the dead, is happens in TV shows. Yeah, 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 definitely. So he would he would have been. It didn't seem to impact him in any way whatsoever. No, that's true. He was already going. He already knew it was a lie by that point. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, anyway, so let's talk about it's. Connections, Move people. On. The Truman Show. It's a movie about a TV show. Now let's talk about some actual TV shows. Yeah. So I'm doing here. Connections. <laughs> Sailor and Anchor. Beer of the Week. Truman Show. Afraid of Water. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> so there's two TV shows that we wanted to talk about. You, first of all, wanted to talk about Vikings. Vikings. And I want to talk about a show called Outlander. Um, I want to talk about Vikings. You want to talk about Vikings? That's, no, no, no. They're, they're not from Transylvania. You want to talk about the <laughs> that's, Vikings. That's definitely Dracula. You want to talk that's about not what the I said. Vikings who suck your blood. It's not like that. It's like, uh, talk, talk to Floki. He's, he's, he's doing his thing. Sometimes they go up at the, at the end of the And they suck your blood. No, they don't. Suck. <laughs> Vikings. Vikings. <laughs> uh, so I mentioned Vikings in one of the previous podcasts, Vikings. but I, I mentioned it. I mentioned it very briefly, and before I had my revelation about into season two that um, it might be one of my favorite shows of all time. Vikings speaks to me so much on like a primal level. On a primal level, 
A Far Cry Primal level, you ask, Peter? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Throwback. Throwback. Reference. Um, but, so, uh, I, I, you know, we, we talked about Far Cry Primal on a couple of other games, and it's the same reason I like them as the reason I like Vikings. Um, I just like that. For me, I, I, I like... Um, I like that going wild aspect of it. And like Vikings have that. It's fantastic. It's like you could die at any moment, but at the same time, weirdly, like women almost have more rights than they do now. Actually, that's one of the big things about the Viking culture is that yeah, women were treated a lot more. Yeah, they're fighters. Yeah, Lagatha is like a badass character. Right, but, but before we really get into that sort of thing, why mm. don't you explain a bit about what right, the show so is? Right, so Vikings is a great show. You should watch it. And the first three seasons are on Netflix. Yep. But once you watch the first three seasons, you couldn't watch season four. And that's on that's on uh, BBC's website. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. They hold the last four episodes that they've released. And if you want to watch the other ones, because it's like a public BBC, mm. ABC show, you can yeah, just yeah. go find them anywhere. Mm. Um, and it's a History Channel show. Yeah, American With the History production Channel. value and writing of, like, a Game of Thrones show. So, it feels it feels like a Game of Thrones, almost, quality show, right? Like, the, the costuming and, like, the makeup is amazing. The fights are cool. The fights, the fights are cool. And because, and, it, and because it's a history show, yeah. it's very realistic. Yeah. And that's the bit I talked about in the last podcast. I talked about the fact that I could call up my mum who's a history buff and she could tell me spoilers about what's going to happen. Mm. It's that close. And it's just about the Vikings. I mean, they're just awesome. Yeah. It's just it's just badass hair and axes and wild snake eyes. And cool swords and big boats. And, and men with massive beards. And blood sacrifice. Oh, the oh, beards. so much blood sacrifice. The beards are so good on Vikings. It's just... It, it's It's great. That's Vikings, right? It, f- it follows the main character who... But Peter, Peter, I'll, I'll concede. What, what? We talked about this before, that there are a few characters who aren't well acted. Yeah, but I would the, argue that the writings, not the... The writings for the first season, at least... For, for a lot of it, the writing's not amazing. Yeah. But it's a really cool show to watch, so it's that's a, why really I like cool, it. And, and it's, the and it's a that historical better. fact. They sort of really step into it. Yeah. In, in the seasons. So sort of like, it's very jarring the first episode or two because some of the dialogue is just delivered really poorly <laughs> and the writing is just so, like, cringeworthingly yeah. bad. But it's, it is so good. I would say, like, for me, one of the things as in the show, show is the casting is amazing. Um, the guy who plays the main character, um, Ragnar Lothbrook, who's this... Um, Travis Fimmel. Yeah, he's a Viking. He's a Viking uh, hero, Ragnar. Yeah. Um, not a myth from but history, a, but a famous guy. Yeah, he's the guy who, um, in uh, like, pioneered uh, what we all know Vikings for, right? Which is raiding England. Yeah, right? he pioneered out how to... ocean travel, right? Yeah. Not just going up a river or around the coast to raid someone else. Crossing going across the, the sea, ocean. going west. Yeah, across the sea. Um, so he's got like his like really primitive compass type stuff, um, and a new way of building a boat. You know, and he's going over there and he's making a name for himself, and he eventually becomes king. And I don't know, is it? It's about the rise it's of the ra- Ra-Rise 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 Ragnar Lothbrok, and it is 
I mean, he, so he, he is an interesting character because he's not, he's not fully a typical main character, right? Because he's got too much crazy to be a main character. He's got these, like, like a lot of them, um, uh, like the blonde hair and the white, the blue eyes. His eyes are crazy. Like he opens his, he, he does this wide expression a lot, especially as he gets older and becomes even more terrifying and crazy. Um, there's, there's much later on in the, in the, in the series where he starts taking like, um, heroin from this like Chinese slave and he becomes super crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Like you don't want to see this guy in heroin. The reason Peter's laughing is because he already blood eagles people, right? Yeah. They've got this weird Viking like execution, which is called a blood eagle. I think a lot of people have heard of this. I've certainly heard of it. Yeah. Which is where they like cut open like people's backs while they're still alive. They, they get an axe and they um, cut open your back or with a knife and then they get an axe and they break all your ribs away and then they take your lungs and they flay them over your back uh, and you're alive and they all do this to you. Yeah. It's meant to be like the most serious punishment they have and it's tied to their religion. Like you can't get into Valhalla if you die a coward's death. And the blood eagle has a has a particular significance where it's such a big threat not only because of the pain, but because if you uh, the only way you can enter Valhalla if you've been someone who's been blood eagled is to not make a sound during the entire process. So and they have this really baller dude who who gets blood eagled and enters Valhalla. He still he doesn't make a noise. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it is brutal. Yeah, and that, but uh, you know, I, I just love the show for those reasons, and mm. the casting is so good. And it um, it quickly becomes a show about multiple characters that are all equal. You know that Ragnar is the most badass, not because he's the best fighter, because he's because he's like he's smart, and he's um, he's more willing, he's more open to trying things than a lot of them. Yeah, a lot. He's progressive. Yeah, he's progressive, which is often dangerous, um, and like in real in real life, it would have been for him. Um, you know, in a time where religion was so real, it, you know, way more, even more real than it is now, and and that that was what people really cared about. Yeah, it religion. gives you this sort of isolationist view where if you're trying new things, new cultures, because culture is tied to reli- is the same thing. Yeah, for them, then you're a betrayer or whatever. But he, yeah, he's, he's open, he's wily, he, he has this, the actor has really developed, like, gone into that role. Like, he has these amazing ways of walking and stuff like that. Like, so, uh, Ragnar and his wife, Lagatha, who is this really cool Viking chick, and uh, she has her own big story arc, which is amazing. Um, she moves up in the world. Yeah. And she's like a crazy shield maiden, she fights people, uh, she is like the their relationship is really well defined in the way that they speak to each other so yeah. if they haven't seen each other for a while and this is a good example of how the actors can convey so much right Lagatha uh, is like ugh Ragnar right so he, she stands there and she she knows how to deal with him and she just looks she looks straight ahead and continues her conversation with him no matter what he does and his whole thing is he will do random stuff to try and 
take control of the conversation yeah. kind of thing. And he does that to everyone, right? Um, like kings and stuff. And and so he like starts like pacing around her or like coming in, coming out with his weird, crazy eyes. Um, and it's just worse. I think it's so well done. I think there's a lot... Of, you said there's, a lot, there's some just poor acting. I think there's also some great acting in it. Yeah. Uh, that's one of them. Uh, it takes a while for that, for the writing and stuff to get good and for you to kind of like turn off the non-critical part of your brain. All right. <laughs> I, I, it, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's a bad yeah. show. It's a great show. Uh, it's yeah. a, I love watching Vikings. It's, it's, it's a phenomenal show. Rollo, his brother, is like the big axe wielder. Oh, uh, I feel so bad for Rollo. Uh, you shouldn't. I shouldn't? Uh, he becomes an amazing character. He goes through this whole arc of like being a being a dumb tool bag to like being a tool dumb tool bag betrayer to being a dumb tool bag I don't I don't want to don't spoil this for be, people but he he, he, oh no, he has a great arc yeah you, you'll never see where he get where he goes you'll never see that coming <laughs> and uh, he's amazing he ends up being great yeah but Vikings it's a really good show if you want to learn anything if you're a history buff Go For watch the most it. part, it's pretty historic. If you if you're not who who cares if you still want, if, are interested in seeing crazy Viking ways with awesome haircuts and weird fun, tribal tats fun and swords fighting and, and great beards, great great beards, just great beards. Oh, and the clothes because they're wearing a bunch of pelts yeah. all the time. And the the sets are so cool as well. Yeah. How hilarious is his, from like the first season, his son's haircut? Yeah, it is. Oh, but that's cool. That brings me to a cool point. Just to close, I know we rambled on about this for a little bit, but I like the show. Um, so the show spans historical events, right? Yeah. In a time where sailing took a long time. Actually doing anything took a long time. Uh, so... Uh, and and when they go to England, they start covering like English history, and this is way back when, in like the year seven hundred ish. So before England was England, and yeah, it was it was a bunch like of different countries, and... Wessex, places yeah. like that, Mercia. Um, it follows a long experience of time. I mean, I'm up to season four, and it's about approximately like maybe twenty years, over twenty years has passed. So you get to see these characters really evolve. Like you get yeah. to see his son Bjorn go from a small kid to this huge guy yeah uh, and from this huge young guy to this um, there's an episode where Bjorn he ends up being a really big a famous explorer right and there's a bit where he wants to go out and test himself in the wilds it's like that first thing before he realises that he wants to do that on a larger scale so he goes and lives off in this hut like a, a Bear Grylls is it for a while and he gets this massive beard and becomes like super hardened so when he comes back, he is just like this stalwart, like really intimidating dude. And he started from this like kid with a dumb haircut. Tiny little kid. Yeah. Oh, he has such a stupid haircut. Yeah. But anyway, that's that's Vikings. If that sounds at all good to you, you should watch Vikings. And if yeah. it doesn't sound at all good to you, I mean, are you? What is wrong with you? <laughs> are you ill? Okay, so I. Yep, we're we're chugging through. We're chugging through. Move on. All right. Okay, so the show that I wanted to talk about is a TV show called Outlander, which is based off a series of books. Um, and where can I watch it? Where can you watch it? It's yeah. on Netflix. We should the first season is on Netflix. We should be sponsored by Netflix. <laughs> we definitely should. This whole show is powered by Netflix. It's not. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we can't say that. Powered by Netflix. Netflix is not. Peter. <laughs> 
Um, but anyway, uh, Outlander. So it's based off like a series of books, which is like sort of sci-fi fantasy type conceit. And the reason it's sci-fi is because it's about time travel. Right, and the then. whole conceit of it is um, there's this woman. Um, uh, it, like it's initially set just before, just sorry, just after the Second World War. Mm-hmm. Um, this woman and her husband go on holiday to Scotland, um, and they're like doing stuff, having fun in Scotland. And um, the woman goes out to these magical stones, and she touches the stones, and they send her back in time. Never to... trust magical stones. <laughs> <laughs> and they send her back in time to um, the time of the Jacobite Rebellion. Yep. In Scotland, like, yeah. I can't remember which years they that was, but much like, later than Vikings. Back like two hundred years. In the past. Yeah. Um, and um, the show is all about her kind of being sent back in time and being like trapped in this primitive she's a woman. Scottish Highlands so world. So that's not good. Yeah. And she's like a, re- she's a very strong female character actually. Okay. Um, and it gets into trouble a lot of times. Oh. But it's like, it's actually, it actually has, she is actually a pretty strong female character, which is kind of cool to see. Okay. Um and yeah, it's like her sort of traveling through the Scottish Highlands and it's got just beautiful landscapes and everybody it, it's everybody still lives in like the old Scottish clans so they've got their tartans and oh, their lairds. I love a good tartan. And they talk in Gaelic and have their drinking songs and Whoa. war chiefs and fuck the red coats and all that kind of stuff and oh. it's, it made me really nostalgic for when um, for when I travelled through the Scottish Highlands yeah it is just such an atmospheric and beautiful location just unlike anything you'll ever get in Australia and does she have a perp like is there a yeah so the, her purpose is like trying to get back in it's how, does it she, is how was she sent there magic magic stones fairy the magic Arlex- Fairy magic. Yeah, so there's like this this old legend about these. Oh, I think there are stand- fairies in Scottish legend. Aren't yeah, they? yeah. Like, so there's, like this old, there's this old legend. There's these legends about these this circle of stones um, called Craig Nadoon. Um, called Craig. Craig Nadoon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Craig. Craig is like never trust a circle of stones called Craig. <laughs> yeah, it's it, Gaelic or I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's like a. They're, they're these magical stones, right? And she goes and touches them and gets sent back in time. Yeah. Um, and has to live with these Scottish people. And it's kind of, it's kind of a lot like Does sort of a romance story as well, because it's all about um, how she's trying to get back to her husband in the present day, but then she falls in love with this Scottish Highlander young. Is it the kind of show where you guy. think, uh, why, why go back? Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of one of the whole. That's like one of the, her, like internal conflicts is she spends she spends almost the entire show going trying to go back, and then she falls in love with this guy who's clearly better than her husband, because it, not necessarily. I mean, I assume so. You said the giant Scottish. Man. Yeah, probably. Does he have a great magnificent red beard? He's no, he does not. Oh. But they they have they like to show a lot of shots with him with his shirt off. So uh, I'm sensing the, the sort of demographic of the, the yeah yeah show. it's it's kind of it feels it's not of... it's not like a like a badass people fighting each other kind of show. But I just really like it for the for the setting and like a bunch of Scottish people and yeah and I'm it's cool. 
It's um, it sounds a lot like another show that I can't remember the name of. I know it's, is it a show or is it a book? I think it's both. Uh, where a woman goes, she's a big fan of Jane Austen, and she goes back to Jane Austen times. I think that's a book that my mum has read at some stage. Um, it, um, it's a pretty yeah. well-worn sort of And then there's track. the same thing in that, where it's like, oh, she falls in love with someone, Mr. Darcy or whoever, and internal conflict. Yeah, issues. so it's based off a series of books, and they're currently up to the second seri- season of the show. Okay. Um... And it's not always the best acted and stuff, but it's I it, I like it just for the that historical setting, and it's really cool to see the Scottish Highlands and just the the romanticism of the Scottish Highlands. Okay. And then it, it very much has the thing of like I think it's made by Americans, maybe, but it's like the the whole thing about the redcoats being brutal. Disgusting murderers. The English. The English. The fucking English. Yep. They might take our homes, but they can never take our freedom. Our freedom. Oh, what happened, Mel? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's Outlanders. I don't have much more to say. It's... I I would really recommend it. Um, It is very much a sort of... the romancy tinge to it is a pretty strong thing, but I don't know. I I enjoyed watching it. Bit of romance, yeah. Anyone? Yeah. Well, good. I have to check it out. I reckon your girlfriend would actually quite like it. Okay. Yeah. Why wouldn't I like it, Ben? I reckon you would quite like it as well. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a person with, <laughs> with feelings. I'm a romantic being. Yeah. Yeah. It. Yeah, and it's just started the second series, which is like partially set in Paris as well, which is kind of cool. Okay, cool. Well, but yeah. Now we bring to, now we come to, to what you've all been waiting for. Video games. Now, Sam I, talks about <laughs> Dark Souls Three. Before I turn it into, turn this into my podcast, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Peter, would you, do you have anything to say about? It? So, uh, so this was a big. You guys week, know that big Dark Souls in, in our particular. Lo- video game loves so Dark, so Dark Souls 3 came out there was an update for Destiny and an update for The Division on the same um, day on the same day so I have not played Destiny at all no I'm sorry I picked my side so you've played a little bit Pete yeah what are we so I'll just say I'm not going to talk about The Division because I haven't really played that yet yeah um, Destiny the new update came out uh, it increased the light level of gear and stuff added a, added kind of added a new activity which is the prison of elders which is an old activity but they've updated it it's just an arena, arena done mode. some weapon balances and added some new armor and like a quest and a new strike and stuff yeah um i'm not going to talk about it for too much just to kind of say it's really cool to be back playing destiny again and have more stuff to work towards like there's some of the new armor is really cool. There's taken armor, Sam. Yeah, you can do. And it you can get a taken shotgun, and there's a taken you sword. You can get a taken sword. That's yeah. a quest to give you a 320 light taken sword, which is really cool. And um, swords are cool. And they've like they've just made getting loot in that game so much easier, and made playing it so much more rewarding. So you're constantly upgrading your character. My worry is that uh, sometimes that's the sign of a dying game. If it's a loot-based game, and they say... It definitely happened in Borderlands, where um, the last... The, like, the coup de grace from the developers is... Um, now, you, now you can get everything. 
You know, like, our drop rates are 100% now. You know, like, or it's way easier to get legendaries, etc. And I will not disagree with you on that at all. Just because I don't think they're going to release any more paid content this year until the Destiny 2. Like, so the big new Destiny expansion comes out. It's something that we haven't... We haven't we haven't mentioned about this expansion we've been so we've been it's free. update it, it it's is, free it is free this, yeah this which is stuff. cool but I would still gladly pay for new destiny content yeah on the scale of house of wolves or an actual um, DLC like, with a, a like a new a new raid or like a Not house of prisoner of elders type thing house of wolves was a really good update I just didn't I would rather a raid and yeah. we didn't get a raid and we didn't get a raid no. um so this is a big update but it, it didn't by no means added anything new and I don't think it will increase the longevity of Destiny by all that much. If they hadn't released it, I think Destiny would die very quickly. Yeah. But this kind of prolongs the life of the game for a little bit I think but it, it won't completely tie people over until the next big paid update. It very much feels like a just a temporary band-aid on a situation. Yeah, yeah. But, and which kind of makes me think that they will try and with the next big update, they're really going to try and improve the game in a significant way yeah. and get it back on track. Like a lot of the thing with the development of Destiny is that that game, when it was in production and even when, and when it first came out, was completely fucked. <laughs> yeah. Like the way that they'd set up their content pipeline... In order to test anything or implement anything new into the game, it took 24 hours to upload and render into the new game engine. Into the game engine, mm-hmm. so it was incredibly inefficient to change anything about the game. Um, whereas I imagine, since it's been released, um, a lot of work has gone into trying to make that content upload pipeline better, so that when we finally have what Destiny really should be, which is Destiny Two, I think Destiny Two. Which I really, I am very confident that they will try and fix a lot of the problems with Destiny. Um, they'll be able to be a lot more adaptable in terms of the content that they add, the way they add new content, and just like the way that they update the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, which will come come with time. I hope it will. Yeah, I'll be right there with you. I hope so. Yeah. Dark Souls yeah, just... would have been fizzled out by that. A little, <laughs> a little bit, to some extent. Um, Not really. But yeah, I... <laughs> enough about me. It's time for Dark Souls Three. Dark Souls Three is out, uh, and any saltiness I had about the releases was gone the moment I had it. I went there. I was there uh, outside my local EB Games uh, as the guy opened the doors, handed over my thing. The guy tried to have a conversation with me. I just walked away. <laughs> I didn't even say goodbye. I was like, I looked at it. You only paused to take a, fo- a selfie of you with the game and upload it to Facebook. I did. I interrupt- which we will share to the Beer with Sam and Peter page. Oh, we can do that, yeah. I looked at... Uh, Facebook.com slash A Beer with Sam and Peter. Yeah. You can also follow us on SoundCloud. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I looked at the... Uh, I looked at the guy and I was like, I'm here to pick up my, day, my, my copy of Dark Souls 3. Apocalypse Edition. He's like, oh, okay. I was the only guy there who turned up on. <laughs> and, uh, and it, it, was, it was like, okay, um, you know there's a season pass? I was like, I'm well aware of a season pass. Because I'm on a clock here. <laughs> I would like to purchase the season pass. And he's like, okay. You, you sure? Yes. 
I would also like any sort of warranty you have <laughs> to ensure that I can get a replacement of this game. I handed over my credit card. I got the game. I got my receipt for the DLC. And then he started trying to ask me what I was going to do in the game. I interrupted him <laughs> and said, is everything in the bag? <laughs> and he said, yes. And I left. <laughs> Uh, I got straight back home. Uh, oh yeah, I got straight back home. Um, chucked it in there, and then I played for about ten hours. <laughs> it, Good oh, stuff. It's it's everything I've ever wanted. Dark Souls Three is so amazingly dense. And and to talk about this at this point in time, I have not finished the game. Mm. Now, I haven't been trying to speed through it because I, a lot of people have played it already. There's no like. There's no way to try and get there first or get yeah. there. Yeah. So just I, I've just been exploring it. everything, trying to get through. But uh, still, like, um, I would, n- I never take maybe more than like two or three goes to finish a boss, mm. uh, which I get through it pretty quick. And I've got like something like sixteen hours uh, on my character now. I have not finished the game. I'm about. It looks like I'm about halfway through. Wow. So. It's a big game, um, and it's it's amazing. There's you've always, so you've much already stuff. been thinking about like the new builds you're gonna do and what weapons oh, you're yeah. gonna play through next. Oh time yeah, to tie it all together, I'm doing um, my character right now. I, I use a qual- um, is a quality refined build, which means that he's a split strength and dex. Uh, basically, just because I heard that there was even a remote chance that my mate Art- Artie Artorius and his sword were in the game. I was going to wield it, and you need both to wield to wield his sword. It's a split sword, mm. uh, and it is in the game. I do have it, um, but uh, I'm doing that, and that guy's character's name is Ragnar because Ragnar tries everything. Yeah. And after that, my strength build is going to be a guy who uses a big axe, and his name is Rollo. <laughs> and my next build is going to be Lagatha. Yep. And uh, then I'm going to do a faith build, which is he's going to be Athelstan. It's all going to make sense if, if you watch Vikings. <laughs> uh, and then I'm going to make a, a dark build. And Is it going to be Floki? No, it's going to be the blue seer. Because fuck Floki. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's a little tie in there. Uh, so I've been playing through with, with my old mate Ragnar. Yep. Having oodles of fun. Uh, my favourite boss is, is, is a fan favourite as well. But is, um, is Artorius. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I've always be, uh, had a thing with um, wolves and dogs, and I've been like my gamer tag has always been, always been associated with it or whatever, and so it just clicked to me. Um, and now I'm going to be able to finish Dark Souls one, two, and three with the same weapon, which just shows you how open I am to change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my uh, my uh, review of Dark Souls three is that. It's fucking great. Dark Souls it out of Dark Souls. great. Everything that you had wrong with the Dark Souls game, mostly, like, it's fixed. It's, it's... Uh, so a big part of uh, the Souls game for me has been PvP. Always. The fact that it's a shared world. Like, there are people that can help you. There are people that will hinder you. There are, you know, covenants. There's fighting to be had. There's salt to be gained. You know, like... And uh, all of that was missing from Bloodborne. Like, even summoning, I never did that. Mm. It was too 
too shitty. Yeah. It started off for a long time with Bloodborne. Um, it was impossible. And then it was just really shitty, and now it's kind of... The connections are better, but it's still awful. And this is amazing. The weapon variety is huge. Weapon arts adds like a huge amount of depth to the game. Uh, for me, like every weapon, it comes with a certain weapon art, and it's to offset the fact that uh, mana is now they've, they've, is now they've added like a, a mana bar now. Yeah, which is called a focus point bar, uh, and it's consumed when you use spells. So, for a, a way to make that relevant for everybody, is these weapon arts, which are special moves that each weapon has that consume mana. Mm. Um, and these can be pretty simple. So there's a weapon art on most like hand axes called War Cry, where you, you do a War Cry and your damage is buffed. Right, that's like the most simple of them. But they get really complicated. For boss soul weapons, for instance, there's like a very unique weapon art for all of them. Um, so for the long for 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 great swords, a lot of great swords and some regular swords have a weapon art called stance, where like you. You hit the weapon art button, and you point your sword forward, and you enter a stance where you're like holding the weapon ready, and that's adds so much to PvP because you've got to know what weapon they're using. Like knowing what what weapon they're using can really help you. For instance, not knowing, like I did, and fighting a katana guy for the first time, this is it's very intimidating because katanas have always been a little bit a source of contention. A lot of people have always thought they're a bit OP. Right. There's, there's a basically katana's just there's an attack where you run with the katana and you stab forward, which is just really good. It's always been good. It's a really easy thing to do, and it's a really good thing. So therefore, it's like a lot of people think it's a really cheesy thing to do or a really yeah yeah thing. Uh, so with katanas, you you your weapon art isn't an attack. You enter a stance. It's called hold, and mm. you sheathe your katana and wait. And this is really interesting because you can come out of that stance and you can choose to come out of it whenever you want. Or you could enter the stance, like if you get good, you can enter the stance and use one of the abilities of the stance so quickly that they don't know you've entered it, right? Uh, so there's... Uh, uh, you can hit hit another button when you're in the stance to, to jump forward and do an attack. Or uh, one of the other things of a katana is you can sheet it, hit R1... And you do this thing that looks like a katana attack, but is actually a parry. So you can like, uh, it's a really if you're if you're a PvP like for Dark Souls, one of the things you do when you're fighting them is you like try and be aware of all that. You're aware of how much you try and guess how much stamina someone has, and you're also if they're using a weapon in two hands, then great, I'm not going to get parried, mm. right? In Dark Souls Three anyway, because parry is an ability on weapons. Or shields. It's not like a guaranteed thing. You can't just parry with everything. So I did this. Did a very parryable attack. Uh, and just got destroyed by this guy. And I had no idea what happened. But he just, he just <laughs> so it adds so much to that. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really add much to PvE. Because uh, you don't really use your weapon art too much. In right. PvE. Uh, depending on what it is. But usually you wouldn't. So it doesn't add that. But it adds so much to PvP and there's so much that is added to PvP like it, it's just like that's be my big thing with Dark Souls 3 it is there is so much of it right like the, the plot of Dark Souls 3 there's so many there's so many weapons yeah the plot of Dark Souls 3 re- like... revolves around the fact that um, 
the, well, the world building revolves around the fact that uh, uh, because of some because for some reason the fire hasn't been linked like it should have I'm not going to try and spoil anything here this is just something at the start of the game uh, that uh, the world is sort of reacting to that it's trying to get people to link the fire sort of thing so it's re- it resurrected a bunch of lords of cinder people who have linked the fire in previous ages and they fucked off and didn't help uh and it's also just bringing everything together in Lothric. It's like the epicenter of this thing where all the ages, all the all the realms are being brought together, and all this weird shit that was long long gone is coming is, back. Is coming back. And basically, it's a huge excuse for fan service. Yeah. So there's like it, it, it to me, this game seems like out of all the Dark Souls games, it seems like a proper sequel to the Dark Souls one. Like, yeah. they've all got, kind of, they've got stuff in common and their story kind of links into each other, but this one seems like an actual proper sequel uh, with, like, multiple core, like, characters I, I come back. Dark Souls 2, Dark Souls 2 was, was the same, the same. It was a little harder to work out what was going on in the story for Dark Souls 3, 2. Yeah. And the story wasn't complete until the DLC happened, which is a huge no-no, but, um, uh, post-DLC, Dark Souls 2 out of this place. It, it's so big, Dark Souls 3, and so good because you start... To make Dark Souls 3, you start with your Dark Souls 3, right? You start with your new bosses, your new tweak on the story, your new mechanics, new weapons, new areas, right? And all that is in the game. It's not just fan service. Mm. You have Dark Souls 3. Yeah. And then what they did is they smashed... Everything, almost everything in Dark Souls 2 and almost everything in Dark Souls 1 into it. Like, think of a character, an NPC you like, you can get their armor set. Yeah. My mate Artie, I've got his greatsword, right? You can you can get almost anything. Some of it's harder to find than others. But it's all in but there. But it's all there, right? Um, fragments of the world from, from every game is there. And there's some Demon Souls stuff there too. Yeah. Oh, fuck, it's great. Um, yeah, my, my only... If you want, if you want some sort of review, it's all fucking good, guys. It's so good. Uh, if, if this the is only, the most only, Sam game. This is the most. This is so find. good. It's uh, just go out and get it, guys. Um, better than a worse than Bloodborne. Better than Bloodborne. Really? Yeah, much better. Okay. Much better than Bloodborne. All the bosses are on par. Do you like with Bloodborne, Bloodborne more bosses. or less than Dark Souls Two? Uh, like how? If you were to rate all the Dark Souls games, so, so one, at least Dark Souls, one, two, Dark Souls two had a pretty Bloodborne solid. and Dark Souls three, where would you rank Bloodborne? Oh, I don't know. I don't know, Peter. They're they're all different. Yeah, Dark Souls yeah, yeah. one is cool in its lore heaviness mm. and it's unpolished because it's Dark Souls one, uh, and half of the game just feels like it's not completed. To me, everybody likes Dark Souls one, right? Yes. Yeah. As someone who's a member of the Dark Souls community, as soon as I mention anything bad about Dark Souls 1, I'm going to get shit on. I realise that. But I love the game, guys. Let's just face it, though. Half of it feels like it's unfinished. And they didn't have as much time to work on this one as the others. Mm. Like it, Dark Souls 2, I think they have less time to work on. Dark Souls, but Dark Souls 2, feels everything feels about the same level of polish. Right. For me, it scratches it, all different itches. Dark Souls 1 is so... It's, the lore is unparalleled. In Dark Souls 2, the lore is really lacking. Still there, it still feels like Dark Souls 2, but it's lacking. The mm. combat I really like in Dark Souls 2. Um, and I liked PvPing in Dark Souls 2 more than any other game. Yeah. 
And then Bloodborne's the one where the PvE is the best. Its bosses are great. It PvE plays is, so well. PvE is terrible. It's not really a shared world. PvP is terrible. Yeah. yeah. Um, Dark Souls 3 blows all of them out of the water. Okay. It's great. Cool. Uh, my only complaint, I suppose, would be that it feels like the bosses are a little bit easier than any of the other games. In Dark Souls 3. Yep. From what I've heard on other podcasts and just on the internet in general, people say it's the most difficult. Oh. So I don't know if that's more <laughs> to do with the fact that you've just gotten, you just played so much of all these games. I'm not sure. I reckon that's definitely got something to do with it. Yeah. And they do have, an, uh, have a fucking map. Like they have... Uh, there's some annoying areas in the Souls games that must be in there because they're they're part of it, right? There's There's got to be an area where you go down into the earth and there's a bunch of shit that revives and you get lost and it's dark and you get pissed off, right? Yeah. That's got to be in there. I'm, not, I'm, I'm okay with that. I don't like it when they do like a wood area. They've never done a wood area well because what they end up doing is not like, not a catacomb style thing where it's annoying... But there's little, you know, there's paths to go down and you can get lost that way. I'm fine with that, hiding stuff in there. But it's those maps where it's just an open circle map that's massive. And you just sort of have to run around in it in a sort of haphazard way to find yeah. stuff. I always just lose stuff in there because I just can't be fucked. I just, like, run around the edges of it, kind of, take a few lines through the middle of the circle... Find some items, then check and then the just, wiki and see if there's anything that's really worth getting. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I try not to check the wiki, but and, and then and then just just go. I, I don't like it. I think it's a bad map design, and there's an area in it that's like that. But apart from that, it's what about the poison levels? It's great. Oh, poison levels has got to be in there. It's got to be in there. You know? <laughs> it's all part of the fun. It's all part of the fun. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so yeah, my only complaint would be that that they still have a wood level and it's still kind of crap, and and. It seems a little, it seems a little easier, but I'm not. I'm okay with that. The coolness factor is is counterbalancing it. All right. Dark Souls three. Dark Souls three. It's great. You'll be hearing about it next week because, as I said, I'm only about halfway through it. Having said that, I have gone to it, and I intend to pick it up this week and play a little bit of it, so I'll be able to offer a bit of my opinion. Yeah. As well, I've gone to like three or four optional areas, which is why. Yeah. Why it's taking me so long? But yeah. It's it's great. So it, now, guys, it's great. <laughs> homework movie. Homework movie. Yeah. Um, Godzilla. Godzilla. Ish Godzilla. <laughs> and you can play the Ish Godzilla drinking game when whenever they go Ish Godzilla. Peter hasn't seen the movie, so drink. he doesn't know that really doesn't ever happen. <laughs> ah, well, but, uh, that'll be a very yeah. <laughs> uninteresting drinking game then. We're watching, but anyway, we're watching Godzilla, Godzilla, the latest one. Yeah, the new one, the one with Brian Cranston in it, yep. and other people as well, I'm sure. Yep. It's not just him and Godzilla. Biffing it out, although I've watched that. Tra- Travelling through time a and giant, fighting crime. A giant Godzilla... No, I, <laughs> Godzilla's already giant. Godzilla and Heisenberg. Godzilla versus a giant Brian Cranston. <laughs> and they just biff it out. His big bald head. You don't know... <laughs> I am the one who knocks. Yeah, I don't know what you think I've done. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so watch Godzilla. It's on Netflix. It's um, it's it's pretty great. I reckon. Uh, it's very true to how Godzilla should be, where it's like it's a bit light and it's just Godzilla's Godzilla's fight and stuff. It's great. 
Yeah, so that's what we're going to watch, and... Um, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. So, um, I think we'll finish off by reminding you to please, please like the <laughs> Facebook page and subscribe to us on iTunes. We're very Leave desperate. a review. But most of all, like oh, the for Facebook God's page, sake. because that will give me validation. Yeah, leave us a review, please, on, on iTunes. That's actually something that really helps us. Yeah. Um, if you've been listening for, for this long and you want to show us If you've stuck with, way, with us for this long, yeah. the you, thing can, that, you can take the two minutes to leave us a review on we iTunes. We don't care what you say. Yeah. But really, just... Say that we're idiots. Leave, but I'd rather Just leave not. it. Yeah. I mean... I don't care either way. Yeah, say that we sound handsome. <laughs> uh, yeah, just leave something. Should get our mums to review it. It really, <laughs> it really helps. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so, really so really watch cool. Godzilla. If you want to chat to us about it, leave a comment on the Facebook page or on SoundCloud. We'll get back to you as soon as we can. We really will. We're quite desperate. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, nobody ever comments or anything. So, no, so you would really, yeah. if you want to get in contact with us, it's not that difficult. <laughs> it's honestly not. <laughs> uh, and if you're playing Dark Souls three, like you should be, and uh, want to talk to me about it, hit Sam up. Feel free, yeah. Because every time I've talked to him over the last week, it's just been Dark Souls. Try not to spoil it for me. I tried um, to tell him about my life, and he just talked about Dark Souls the whole time. <laughs> it was great. All right, guys. Um, yeah, I think tune we'll, in next week. Yeah, tune in next week when we'll talk more Dark Souls three. Yeah, some stay Godzilla. tuned to be continued. Yeah, and we're out. <laughs> 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 <laughs>